0: Welcome to Make the Grade with the Success Doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hello, everyone, Dr. Stephen Green, the Success Doctor. Welcome you back. Welcome back, Make the Grade podcast today how to do the SAT and the ACT writing and language or the ACT English section my goal always is to give you as a student or you as a parent helping your students actions you can take right away to maximize your education maximize your test prep maximize your whole educational experience so let's get right into it last week or the last episode talked about prep reading strategy, reading strategy. Uh, the, the, the sections vary test to test. Reading in the ACT is the third section is the first section in the SAT. The writing and language is the second section in the SAT and the first section in the ACT. so if you're not confused yet, it doesn't matter because we are jumping right in. Now if you want to follow along, and you have the 2020 edition of the Official SAT Study Guide put out by the College Board, trademarked, of course, Uh, go to page 316, because I'm gonna kind of use this as an example, at least of the strategy, okay? Strategy, basically, by definition, is something you use to make your life easier as a test taker, okay? You're trying to make your life easier as a test taker. Not only easy in terms of getting the answer, also saving time, saving stress, and generally, just trying to do things in a quicker, simpler way. This is really one of the main things I teach when I prep students for these important exams. So if you're on the page, and even if you're not, uh, this, this should work really well for you. Here's the good news. The Writing and Language on the SAT, or the English section on the ACT, are the simplest things on the test in terms of strategy. They're basically grammar and punctuation tests. Good news is if you're good at grammar, These tend to come fairly easily. Not so good news if you're not so good at grammar and you don't know what a comma is and you don't know how to use a parenthesis, you don't know about tenses, might be a little more of a challenge. Either way, the strategy is the same. So here we go. First thing you want to do, you do not want to read the entire thing. We're definitely going to break this up. If you remember back to the reading suggestion, you have options. You can read the whole thing or you can chunk read it. Here, we are definitely chunking it. So if you look here, one of the things you wanna do is you do not want to limit what you're gonna look at too much. So in this first question here, we've got the word and underlined. It's one word, but you can't only look at that one word. You gotta look at what comes before it, what comes after it, and look at it in context. So you have to make sure you're getting enough information before the blank and after. Now, the job here is typically, you're gonna look at something that's underlined, if it's correct you basically just say a which is no change as is if it's incorrect you're going to put b c or d which would be the correction so here's a couple things you can do on this section okay and like everything it's going to take some practice this is not something you're probably going to master in the first or second or third time you try it so number one number one tip make sure you are reading enough before and reading enough after to have a context for what you need to try to correct. This holds for the grammar and for the other parts of it, okay? The second tip I'm gonna give you, which I think is really a good one, and I've seen some people get really nice results with this, is when you see several answers bunched together. So for example, on the next page, 317, two, three, and four are fairly close together. Here's my suggestion. Do not try to do two, then do three, then do four. Instead, read the entire paragraph. Not the whole passage, the whole paragraph, in this case to the word down at the bottom of that column, then go back. Now you're going to have greater context to answer two, three, and four. So some of them, like number one, you probably can just do as a standalone. Just make sure you read enough before and after, and then do the other ones, two, three, and four. And as you flip the page over, I do the same thing with five, six, seven, and eight. Read that whole paragraph, then come back and do them all as a block. And then finally, the same thing with 9, 10, and 11. Read that part and do it. Now, timing-wise, you get exactly 8 minutes and 45 seconds, which is 35 minutes for the whole passage in the SAT divided by four, uh, which is about 8 and 45. So you're gonna get about eight and a half to 9 minutes per passage. SAT 11 questions, ACT 15. So if you just do some simple division, it just comes up pretty quickly. You have to work more quickly on the ACT, but the strategies are the same. And this is really mostly what it is. Everything else from here is knowing your grammar rules. And that's something that's, it's hard to address in a podcast because here I'm trying to give you a strategy to attack it. That'd be something I'd be happy to speak to people about um, and know your context clues. But the key is just to review, read enough before and after to have enough information to answer your questions. One, Two is bundle answers together, especially if they're in the same paragraph, or maybe even two paragraphs, but typically it's just in one, and then you'll get context there as well. Number three, be mindful of your pacing. You got around nine minutes or less, really more like 8.30 to do these. I have found, this is really more of an opinion, most people either love or hate these. If they're good at grammar, they're good at punctuation, these really are kind of fun. That was never my historical thing. Uh, You know, I grew up in a period of time where they didn't really teach a lot of grammar. So I've had to figure this out from more of a technical standpoint, and you can do it that way as well. Here's the good news in the end. If you do enough volume of practice, and this is what I do with my caseload of test prep students. We try to get through eight or 10 of these tests, which is basically 40 or 50 passages. You're gonna see the same rules over and over and over, parallel structure. Uh, disconnect between the, the, the subject and the noun or if the subject might be singular but but uh, sorry the subject and the verb but the verb might be in a plural and you have to correct that okay of uh, things like this uh, improper use of commas and semicolons and colons so grammar books are thick there are millions of grammar rules I guess uh, this really only tests these these tests tend to stick to about 10 to 12 maybe 15 grammar rules that they do repetitively over and over and over and through volume and through practice, you'll start to recognize these. And that's true, I believe for both tests, SAT and ACT. One last piece of advice I'm going to give you, which really helped me personally. And the idea was in English, the English language, which I presume everybody listening is fluent in, uh, most sentences are structured in this order, subject, then verb, then object SV subject, verb, object, the cat, Drank the milk, the cat being the subject, drank the action, the verb, the milk, the object, noun. That's the way most people communicate. Uh, Like 90-something percent, maybe even 98 for some people, of our communication is verbal. People talk much, much more than they read or write. So we are more accustomed as commanding the language of English to do it verbally. And that's how we tend to think. Most people don't walk around saying, drank the milk, did the cat, which I believe is correct grammatically, but it's not how we talk. We'd be able to understand it because we understand the language, but it's not how it flows. So one of the sneaky things the people who do these tests do is they, they discombobulate that. They put the verb, then the object, then the subject, or, or something like that. So if you have trouble, last tip, third one of three, is try to put the, so the sentence back in that order. Subject, then verb, then object. So I'm trying to give you some really strong content here. This is exactly like I teach my test prep students. I see about 25 to 30 a week, sometimes more. Uh, if you're interested in learning more, please reach out. So, this is Dr. Stephen Green, the Success Doctor. This is the Make the Grade podcast. I would invite you, I'd love to hear from people out there. My belief is the more people that can listen to this, this entire podcast, not just this episode, there's more opportunity for people to take action, to maximize their education, to get an upper edge and a little upper hand on the things that are going on out there. And uh, you know that, that's my goal. So the more, I appreciate everybody who subscribed, everybody who's sharing this concept. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. I'd love to engage with everyone. My email, s-g-r-e-e-n-e at makethegrade.net. The website is makethegrade.net. Social media at Make the Grade on Facebook, I guess. No, sorry, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please join the Make the Grade Maxim education community. And I know that's a lot to throw out there, but it is in the show notes. And this is all about engaging, getting involved, and moving ahead with success. So until next week, we will address the math strategies on the SAT and ACT, which are big, 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 big. Uh, And in the meantime, have a great day. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.